Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Italian podcast. I'm the host today. I'm Justin Bazzaro. I'm filling in for Demario Presley, who's a grown strong farmhouse uh, distribution business um, that we are all partners in, is uh, growing quite rapidly and absorbed another fulfillment company. So he's quite busy in the last two months trying to get that squared away and, and grow the warehouses in the back here in Milledgeville. So we are going to continue to fill in for him, Callie and I, and the team here until he's up and going and ready to come back into the studio. So today, I'm going to introduce my co-host for today, Callie Fagan. How are you doing, Callie? I'm good. Where can they find you on Instagram, Callie? Um, you can find me at Callie.Fagan, and it's C-A-L-L-I-E, or at PrimalRock.Callie. There you go. And you guys can find me at Justin Bizarro, uh, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find this podcast at Centurion Leadership Battalion or at ba- Better With Bacon Fat on Instagram and Facebook. So the movie that we are discussing is the for Family Movie Night, which, again, um, is supposed to be something that we've sort of constructed. Let me explain the premise of why we are doing the episode. It's for the purpose of coming together as a family or a couple or a friend or an individual, however you want to look at it. Um, I think the best thing to do it is with a group of people regardless and actually turn it into an intellectual experience where you discuss leadership. I know it's abnormal that we would discuss leadership and not gossip in our groups, but I think that that's what the goal is here is how do we turn something once a month into experience where we talk about leadership and then the listeners can go home Uh, maybe even listen to it with their spouses or um, whoever they're in a relationship or friends or whatever, and then be able to discuss it, maybe even disagree with us, but at least have an idea of what these movies, based on real life, all of these are based on real life, real life humans who have done these things. Um, Maybe there will be even animals. Maybe we'll even tell stories about real life animals as we go as well. Um, to inspire that but for now all the list of movies for the year are on the notes in the podcast so anyone feel free to listen into those or look in on those sorry listen in um, but this one is remember the titans i'm pretty sure everyone knows it was uh, launched in 2000 uh, which was about 30 years after it took place which was 1971 um, the story just so everyone knows is about um the integration of an all-white high school and an all-colored high school in Alexandria, Virginia, called T.C. Williams High School. Uh, They were known as the Titans, hence the name Remember the Titans. It does star Denzel Washington, so it is quite popular. The movie is basically around four main characters, in my opinion, Um, but it does take a greater depth into 
um, some of the sub-characters, I would say. So I'm going to define that, and then Callie and I are sort of going to ask questions. So the main um, characters is the first one is head coach Herman Boone. That's who's played by Denzel Washington. Obviously, he's black. He comes in and sort of because he's black, he becomes the head coach of the program, at least the way in my understanding that that's the movie, and it's not fair to anyone. He even admits it's unfair. He knows it's not right, but in a way to show, you know, prosperity and growth, he was made as coach and the head coach of the school or then assigned head coach whose name is Bill Yost was white, obviously, um, been demoted and doesn't want to take the job, but he sort of takes the job anyway to make sure the white players pl still play football and not rebel against the black players or a black coach, um, or I should say color players. There's probably Hispanic and other things. We assume black, but I think um, we should just classify that when there was times of segregation and stuff like that, it was colored and white. So, um, and we can define that, obviously. So... Um, I won't go into that, how horrible it was or, or whatever, or what it did to our economies and our cultures, and especially in the South. Um, but either way, so this is a momentum for this is what happens and how a football team based on sports develops these characters. The third and fourth character, in my opinion, is Jerry Bertier and Julius Campbell. Um, and then there's, you know, some sub characters that I would talk about which is like Jerry Rev Harris he's you know a spiritual guy he was the quarterback um, there's also um, Randy or Ronnie Bass he's a come in quarterback from California so he has sort of an open mindset so he plays a perfect like sort of this both quarterbacks Rev Harris and this quarterback from California Ronnie Bass sort of play these bridge characters between black and white at the time or colored and white and so i think it's important that we see how important it is um through the movie and we can get into greater detail but i want to start there with just introducing the characters and then we're kelly and i are going to talk about but what i really want to focus on is the leadership aspects that it took at what points so we're going to try to follow the movie along from the beginning what happened and then sort of discuss um, the leadership topic. So I'm going to ask Callie some very, very specific questions, and then we're going to sort of go back and commentary and stuff like that. So um, I think it's pretty um, straightforward. So I'm going to ask very specific questions. We won't go much into the plot because I'm assuming and hoping that if you haven't watched the movie already that you're going to pause or stop right here and watch the movie before you continue on because I'm, we won't go into the whole plot and get into the details and ruin the movie for everyone. Um, so if you've seen the movie very specifically, um, these questions will um, resonate with you. So let's talk about um, the beginning of the movie. Um, Callie, let's talk about... Um, the situation where you have a football team and you're you've played sports before so let's just establish that let's talk about your background actually really quick so you've you played soccer growing up so tell me a little bit about that and playing sports and playing sports on a team um growing up i'm 
I had like a kind of a click, I guess. We played together since first grade. And so as we like progressed on, we got new players. And I think sometimes it was hard to put our click aside and like accept everyone else. And which is important because like we needed to be a family to play together. Um, but sometimes you get stuck in just like, these are my best friends and like, this is who I want to hang out with. And I think like for me, I was probably the one who like strayed most outside of that click. Um, Cause like I genuinely just like to get to know other people. And as you grow up, like you change and the people that you hang out with kind of change too. And so, um, yeah. Very well put. And I think it's important because um, no matter if you're truly a team, like, and this is the important thing, is one of the things that Herman Boone does from the beginning is he goes to the moral high ground. What is the moral high ground? Well, no one knows, but he establishes it by saying, coach, team, the best player will play the position. Doesn't matter, black, white, yellow, purple. I think he even specifically says it that is going to play doesn't matter the best player plays so he establishes the moral high ground from the beginning that no matter what no matter what the background no matter what skills they have or lack of skills or or access to whatever it has to be there has to be a moral high ground and that moral high ground is one that he um the best player plays two is that even though he's a mean cuss, as he says, he treats every single person the same way on the field, regardless of star power, regardless of background. He His focus is to prepare them for life. So I think that as we discuss that, what's the importance of going away to like a training camp for two weeks um, in Gettysburg College? And let's just talk about the significance of the strategy there because we sort of just oh it's Gettysburg College and that's where they go and and whatever but there's obviously more to it and the movie doesn't elaborate enough into Herman Boone's mind and how he has to tackle this gigantic problem and move these pieces along to get these athletes who don't want to get along and don't want to play together to not only play together but also in hopes that by playing together they can maybe mend a community or mend a school that's also going through the same thing so before school even starts here's the football team and this is what people don't realize the football team had to do it first the sports teams that play in the fall that went through segregation or desegregation excuse me and and merged they had to go the sports team had to go through it first and not all of them made it or allowed everything to integrate properly and so um I don't know. Let's talk about that. What's the importance you think of, of what he did and the strategy there, Callie? I think that if he didn't do that, it would easy. It would be like easy to just stay with like your people that you're used to hanging out with, and by forcing them to like room together and spend time together, um, they could like see like oh these are people just like me, and like they could be my friends and stuff. Absolutely, and I think one of the things that's really important is. Um, what he was able to do by doing that is he was able to circle them through that training camp around one goal. And it was about more than just football with going to Gettysburg where the battle of Gettysburg had been fought during the civil war for the emancipation of the slaves. Um, also trying to unify, keep the United States unified under that. 
um, and almost, if you will, backing up what we said we were going to do in the Constitution, um, even though we, we sort of allowed things to happen in a negotiation, but do the right thing, even though it took another hundred years after this, that to continue to do the right thing and desegregate. But the thing was, is in the process, through hardship, it led to great leaders, I feel like, and Herman Boone, whether you know, we talk about it or not, we should probably discuss some more on one of the um, entrepreneurs and leaders in history, is somehow he became the right person for the job. And under that pressure and under that strategy, he understood that if he could make it about not only winning football games, but showing that integration and that everyone was equal like you said they roomed together they got to know each other they saw that they're just humans everyone's just humans while there may be some biological differences we're all the same we all have the same soul we all ultimately have the same goals hopefully which is to grow and progress in our lives and have a better our kids to have a better future than we had hopefully at least in the united states and so by by making them rally around more than just football around a greater cause and be the leaders in the school almost to do it it he had not only him doing fighting for a cause but he rallied a whole team and by winning he gave legitimacy to it and that's you know um but let's go back to the training camp um, for a second because I have a, a few things. Because one of the important things, I think, in hardship is he went to three-a-days before they started knowing each other. And he pushed them really hard even though everyone's like back off. And so, I mean, why do you think that was important? Why push so hard? Callie's like shocked <laughs> here. I didn't think this deeply into the movie as yeah, you no. did. It's okay. No, it's good. It's a good question. I'm just asking. And um, here's the thing, guys, is shared hardship. Um, shared, it's why we do boot camps in the military. Or if companies build from the ground up, um, you don't give everyone everything, especially as an entrepreneur. You sort of, as you're building a new business, especially if you're a serial entrepreneur, you don't give everyone everything. You help everyone um, in the process, you reward staplers and furniture and stuff as the business becomes successful because everyone needs to earn it along the way or no one feels that they earned it and they don't have as much buy-in. So what he did was basically break everyone down, make them extremely athletic. Three a days, they had to be better than everyone. So he used three a days to continue to almost break them down equally so they were all at the same place to build back together. Um, and when you've had that type of hardship and you've gone through that, um, there's a bond. And I think um, for them as a team, strategically, and why coaches do all boot camps, it's exactly what you said, it's to isolate from your environment and to become a team and to get many, get rid of as many distractions as possible. It's harder now, I would say, because of cell phones, but it definitely served its purpose so um at least for them all right callie i got um i got a few more questions for you okay all right i'm gonna ask you what your favorite scene was of the movie hmm. take your time my favorite scene was probably like towards the end when um god i'm bad at names when he was in the hospital 
Jerry Bertier. Yes. And um, the nurse was like, only family's allowed in here. And he was like, can you not tell? Like, this is my brother. Yeah. And, like, they looked totally different. And she yeah. was like, okay. I agree with you. And I think it was part of demonstrating that the town was starting to see us for who we are inside, not for um, the necessarily what our differences is. Mm-hmm. And we we did it to categorize people um, for accounting purposes, ultimately, at the very beginning of are getting into the agricultural revolution and it turned into something where we discriminated against people um put them into classes or races or whatever and then used it to leverage differences for wealth and economic purposes and so when we do things like that we have to it takes great men to sort of rebuild things and break down stereotypes and and biases and open up people's minds intellectually it also takes a very strong man and not a weak man who will stop or break when it either gets hard or he wins because it's if if you give up too quickly or you win and sit on your laurels i I can't remember if that's the right term but you're not going to continue to win so um what i would like to do um is, uh, is tell you guys my favorite scene based on her so here's my um here's one of my favorite scenes my favorite scene is definitely ronnie bass um after rev uh jerry rev harris gets injured because one of the guys lets doesn't block one of the opposing team members from i believe it's like i don't even pronounce the name governor or something high school and um Maybe it was Grosner or something, but I can't remember. But either way, the he has to step up. Here's this young quarterback, um, Ronnie Bass. He's from California. He doesn't exactly fit in the same way. He's like doesn't understand differences at all because he hasn't been exposed. So he looks at everyone very equally and inequitably. And so he basically becomes the quarterback of the team. And within a few moments he takes control he has to become the leader the team's down and he literally tells um one of his blockers to just defensive blockers to let the guy through because you can't rough the quarterback and he demolishes the guy and he shows his team that no matter what that he's there for them and he's there to play for them and it's a very interesting moment for me because there's leaders like a coach like boone but then there's a leader on the field that didn't grow up with any biases and didn't grow up with the same understanding and is just there to win and play football. And he totally embraces what the team is about, which is it doesn't matter what color you are. It matters about winning and he's there to play football no matter what it is. And he doesn't even see the differences, you know, so much so that he walks into bars and stuff, not realizing that he's being called a hippie as well as they're being called not being served food um, for racial differences. So I think that that's pretty cool. Um, I think from a business standpoint or an entrepreneur standpoint or a leadership standpoint, there's a lot to be learned there. Um, There's a lot in what um, uh, Herman Boone did in terms of uniting his coaches um, through his daughter and the daughter of um, 
Bill Yost. And everything is very played out. Did it happen that naturally? Was it planned as, as accordingly? Probably not. But I think if you purposely and intently use little tasks to break things down and break down barriers, you'll see in the movie it wasn't overnight. And while an hour and a half goes by, hour and 13 minutes, almost two hours, um, you can see that it took a long time. It was over months. And even then, the hardships on the outside didn't go away. So... You know, I think that leadership takes a lot of form. So let's talk about Daniel Boone. I mean, sorry, Daniel Boone. Herman Boone first. Let's talk about what do you think his greatest leadership quality was? Um, that he didn't... Um, <clears throat> he treated, like, every single person the same, no matter what. I think that was, like, really important. And do you think, and do you think people respond well to that as a leader? Just yeah. Be- I think, like, as humans, even, like, in the cave days, like, everyone wanted, a, like, to be equal. It's just part of our brains and, like, how we think. Yeah. Like, if you see someone get a bigger slice of bread than you, you're going to be like, that's not fair. Like, why'd they get that and I didn't? Yeah. You're 100% right. And instinctually, I think you're right on. And if you, in any way, shape, or form that he would have shown bias either direction could have gone bad for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he would have either, you know, looked like he was favoring whites or favoring colors no matter which way he went. So he had to make a very strong moral high ground, which I think um, most people don't know this. But I think it's probably the number one leadership skill in the world. And I don't know how I've put it in my 18 E's, but I have to look at that of leadership, the pillars of leadership that we're working on. But if you can't, have something you stand for to Callie's point um, you can't lead and so his was I'm going to the best player plays and I'm going to treat everyone equally and that's the way it was and the players saw it that way they got to see their school that way they got to see their situations that way that they were all equal and they all had the chance and the opportunity to play if they worked hard enough and became a team so I think that's a good one Let's talk about Jerry Bertier, the um, the gentleman who was in the car accident after they won the semifinals. What do you think, because he transitioned from having a bias um, and even being racist in some ways to becoming best friends uh, with Julius Campbell and really opened up his eyes and his mother's eyes so just to give everyone a background as I asked the question, what do you think his best leadership qualities were? I think and- once he changed... Actually, I think about this one scene where um, one of the guys, like, let the... Was it the quarterback get hurt? Yeah. And after he was like, Coach, like, this happened, I think that he shouldn't be on the team because he just let our player get hurt, no matter, like, what race that player was. Yeah. And it was his friend that like did this and he literally like, kicked him off the team yeah and i think it's important because um to callie's point he was his best friend up until that point mm-hmm. before the um integration of the schools and um or combining and one of the things is that his mind had opened up so much he became intelligent in that he was able to change his own mind through exposure experience and education 
that he couldn't go backwards. And that is, I agree with you, probably one of the strongest leadership qualities is the ability to change your own mind, stand up for it, and then have the conviction to do the right thing after you learn it quickly. And that means that, to Kelly's point, as an entrepreneur or as a leader, you often don't end up with the same friends that you started with in life. If you're truly growing as a leader or as a person or even as an athlete, it's just hard and I don't know why. But most people, at least right now, don't continue to try to grow in their lives. I don't know why they get stuck. And especially the more privilege we have and the more money um, we get, you think we would work harder to keep getting more, but we just don't. Um, so I think there's a lot there, but I agree with you. I think there was um, an outstanding thing. And even after he had the car accident, was in a wheelchair, um, he did eventually die about 10 years later of other complications and another car accident apparently. But he did continue on to try to go to the Special Olympics and compete um, and do all that, which I thought was really cool. And Bill Yost being his coach. So you see there that his determination as a leader would go on and on and on. So um, that's a good one. Let's talk about some other things that I'm gonna, I'll just pick up and I'm gonna put out there. Um, he literally broke down all the statistics with a math teacher of the games and of the other teams. And so it's something that was atypical, but it gave him an advantage. And, mo and a lot of people, entrepreneurs, leaders, don't realize how much the stats and the data is important, but doing it the right way and having a non-biased person. The math teacher didn't know anything about football but he was a non-biased party that was able to collect the data. You know, so, and in a way, he also spread now that math could be about football too and, and connected the math teacher and did things like that. What we need to see is that it probably wasn't only that that he did. He also started involving in the school and the football and the winning so everyone could be part of the, the simulation that was going on and everyone, um, you know, becoming part of the same school, which I can't even imagine, but... Um, that we had to do that considering that I, I had such a diverse class in high school um, of, of everything. So Callie, um, let's ask, if you could take one major lesson from the movie that you, that would make you a better person or a better leader or a better entrepreneur, what do you think it would be? Um, maybe like you don't actually have to be in charge say like the coaches they were in charge and it didn't take it took them till like the very end to actually like come together like you don't have to be in a leadership position to be a leader yeah just sh like show by example yeah I agree with you 100% and Kelly hit another important thing which is there's one thing that Boone does really well and people are not going to want to hear this in leadership especially in democratic countries but the best type of democracies, the best type of companies, the best type of businesses um, have been built by very strong leaders and sometimes monarchs or emperors or despots. Um, it's just a matter of what they do with it and how fast they realize that 
once they've got a structure and things are going forward that they need to turn the power over to everyone and make it an equal place if you're in that situation um I mean, it kind of blows my mind, and I'm a big person of history, and this movie portrays that. What um, Herman Boone did, right or wrong, is he took control of the situation. He made sure everyone understood his leadership core values, which were two of them, in my opinion. The best player plays, and he treats everyone the same. And those two core values were so strong that in he had to work with his coaches and work with his team. But once everyone agreed and lived by those same two core values... It didn't matter, and they became a better team because then, you're right, they all realized that you need to be equal no matter where you are. And in leadership, you have to flatten things out, not make it where you're at the top. And eventually, if you flatten it out enough, you end up at the bottom where you're, you're, everyone's moving and everyone's moving your business so fast that, and you're directing that everyone's just leading and you're following behind them based on it. You know, a lot of people think that, and it's true, you're out in front, you're having the ideas. As a leader, you have to go like 10 years in advance and your mind has to work differently than anyone else's and an entrepreneur. But the reality is is this, is when you develop good leaders and grow, individuals like Callie has been here for two months. I th- you see how confident she's become if you listen to the podcast and how much she's growing. Is Callie's getting an idea of what the culture is. She's understanding what we're starting to do with the podcast. She's getting a grip of what it's important. And now she's taken her own superpowers and her own leadership skills and translated it into things that she's already starting to do well quickly. You know, it's not like, oh, let's train all day on math or whatever. It's how do we diversify your skills and find out what really makes you tick and then build something out of it. Whether she goes into being an entrepreneur, which I I do think Callie's going to do, but I do think she's also learning her way along here and and starting to figure out what she wants to do. Um, And hopefully she stays at Food Service Partners or Primal Rock or Better With Bacon Fat or Grown Strong for a long time. But, you know, ambition is ambition, and I respect it a lot, and she's very talented. But what she's done is she's come in here, and she's been willing to learn, and she absorbs a lot, and um, she adjusted to the environment. We have a very for lack of a better term, diversified but equitable environment here where everyone's opinion does matter and everyone's opinion is heard. And so our equality is the same as um, Herman Boone a lot, and I didn't realize this until I listened to it. It's the best player plays here. And I treat everyone the same. Everyone's like, you're jagged, you're rough, you're hard around the edges. Sometimes I laugh and I laugh along with them, but at the end of the day, I have to hold the high at more ground. And we have 12 core values, which you guys are similar to the ones on the podcast here that we use across all f- four of our major companies. And there's subsidiaries g- galore. And any business Deborah and I do outside of this, uh, we live by the same core values roughly also. And so, or, or write our businesses around them. So in this case, even though they're not part of the 12 core values, it is true in our organization. I grew up playing soccer like Callie. I got to travel doing it. I got to play for the best team, some of the best coaches. And the truth is, is that that is the only way to make things equal is you have to strive for something and as long as no one's being mediocre and not trying, everyone's to benefit. But if you're not going to try and then complain that you don't have, you're not getting what someone else is, you're not even trying. 
So, and sometimes trying, okay, I tried soccer. Maybe I'm not naturally gifted. I don't have a love for soccer, but it's a start to get out of your comfort zone to find what it is that you do like. And in Callie's case, I think podcasts and coming here and learning a bunch of stuff. We put her in charge of a label room. She likes organizing. She's starting to discover things that she's good at. And if you look at her Instagram, guys, really, you look at her latest picture, um, it's of a gentleman uh, that works for us. I don't know if he would want his name shared on a podcast, so I won't say it. But he was over with her at um, what we call the Lawrence Building, where we stored a lot of our crates and a lot of our dry product and cardboard and stuff like that as we've been shifting and renovating here um, in Milledgeville. And she has a fantastic photo that just captures the human um, that work with us that are part of Primal Rock and, and food service partners and grown strong and better with Bacon Fat Studios. So I think it's important that um, we all see this. And I think what Herman Boone did was the same thing for his, um, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally. But he opened up their minds so much and their potential compared to what it was before. Um, and while it may not travel long in their life, it traveled long in their legacies. You know, so thank you, Callie. Any thoughts before we close things up? I'm trying to think of things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's a lot to cover. Absolutely. And I want to end something like this because most of us are are – our players before we're quarterbacks in this case and and quarterbacks before we're coaches, um, especially as entrepreneurs or leaders, we all end up players and sometimes we're all on a one-man team at the beginning. But you've got to be able to build your teams and you've got to be able to think about what ties them together and what are the things they can stand together in and not the things that they can stand apart in. Because at the end of the day, like we're all different. We all vote differently. We all have differences of opinion. We all have different goals for our families and legacies, but it's still important. You know, so if we add in everyone, the best plays, um, you know, I treat everyone equally, which means they also get to be heard. And we concentrate on building financial independence for everyone that works at food service partners or the opportunity to do it, meaning a debt free life, meaning the opportunity to uplift their family. It's in hugely important. So financial independence and the freedom to build legacies, how they want to with their family and compound them because it does take generations to build wealth. It's not all of a sudden, you know, Mark Zuckerberg peered out of nowhere. Somewhere along the way, Mark Zuckerberg's family got on boats or immigrated over here or flew over here and had to change a life and started building a, a thing. Same with Steve Jobs. Same with Will Smith. Same with Jay-Z. And maybe it was harsher that they, because they were black it would they were brought over against their will or their families were that is a possible scenario but somewhere along the line someone started compounding a legacy to get them or educate them or or whatever or instilled some value in them to work harder for their dreams okay so we have to focus on that and 50 years later um, from 1971 is it 50 years yeah 50 years later from when this happened you know, in Milledgeville, Georgia, um, that's farther south down in than Alexandria, it's still, we still have to conquer things like this all the time. And it may not be as, an ex as extreme, but I think all of us could do a better job of exposing ourselves 
uh, in, in other communities with other people, to Callie's point. And we could educate ourselves more on the communities we're in and have a better understanding of what it is that's going on in our communities or in communities around us that aren't as fortunate as we are. And I got to tell you, I've been all around the world. I've met all, a lot of ethnicities, races, whatever you want to call them. But my mind as a business person and my understanding as humans it, and the world problems and, and how to simplify things, keep it simple, stupid, KISS method on how we solve things like hunger and global warming, if that's what you want to call it, or regenerating our planet so we can survive as humans and all animals can survive and plants, hopefully. it's There's greater things. And if you don't expose ourselves to the minds and the cultures of the world, how are you ever going to understand how to inspire them or lead them against one great cause like that? And fear tactics and things like that aren't the answer. So how do you become a coach? How do you step up no matter what? I mean, you saw Coach Boone. He had to carry around a shotgun. He had to protect his own family. And at one point, he's like, you just got the chance to experience what my girls go through all the time. And it wasn't like, oh, you put my kids at risk. And he's like, oh, wait, did I do something wrong? Was it my sins that did this? Or whose sins are it? Right? This just happened to me because I'm black. Right? Basically. So I was saying verbatim that I'm not black. So I don't mean to say <laughs> that. But I was using the, um, the words from the movie. So I think that that's important. And standing up as a man... Um, if we want to just go into that, it's important that you have core values that you stand for. It's okay to change them if you think that life changes or your goals change, but I think you need to be very specific and yet very general so that your family has core values that are boundaries, but they have a wide, wide berth. So they, they're not fear-based, they're not based on your fears or your spouse's fears or whatever, um, that they're really based on how can I uncap the potential of my children or my friends or my family members or my spouse any way that I can? And that's usually building confidence, guys. It's a, a hockey stick effect, or we call it the confidence stick or the confidence curve. It's flat until all of a sudden it all clicks. And then from there, it rises upward. And it doesn't happen fast, ever. I've only had one business ever that really went well overnight, really. And it was just good timing. But good timing happened from 14 years of experience. And even now, I still don't have businesses that pop off. You can still see we're building Primal Rock three years later and trying to figure it out after COVID and all of those things. So it's got to be long term. And for Boone, um, Herman Boone, I think his goals were long term for the community. Um, at least I would feel that way. And I think he got the community to think about it long term as well. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Callie, for coming in and recording this of course. Um, and helping out since I didn't want to do a solo one. And uh, everyone listening in, please go watch the movie. Please respond with any feedback. Check out Callie's social media page. I promise you'll love the picture. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in. And uh, keep living uh, by your core values.